Oh, oh, baby. Happy Gwangbokjeol, everyone. AKA, happy National Liberation Day to all y'all out there from here, Mime Time Studios in Seoul, South Korea. Korean National Liberation Day. Yesterday was August 15, which is National Liberation Day. And today, August 16, is the public holiday that everyone has work off. Well, except for me, because it's always mime time. I'm always hustling. I gotta reach Elon Musk levels of productivity and work 140-hour weeks so that I can invent a time machine so I can work 280-hour weeks. And I never take time off because I'm never enough and I won't be worthy of love and I won't love myself until I hit success in my own crazy definition until I'm like Elon Musk working 240 hours a week with like a bajillion downloads per episode. I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm going on vacation later this week to the East Coast. Wish y'all could join me. One of these days, we're going to have a big, cheeky mime time summer bash post-COVID and all that. Today, part two of last week's episode was supposed to be published this morning, but I'm changing the schedule. That's right. I'm changing the schedule to put out this cheeky Kwangbokjo special. This cheeky Korean National Liberation Day special to y'all. I haven't recorded and published an episode on the same day since last year. Since I started back up in June, I've been recording, editing, and uploading episodes weeks in advance like a responsible student who does his homework weeks ahead of time. But I'm in a good mood, and I want to take this time to reflect upon Gwangbokjeol, this national holiday, which is like Korea's Independence Day, but not exactly. We'll get into that for this episode after the beat. First, a cheeky mime time update. Thanks to all you listeners out there who have recently given me some amazing feedback. It really gives me the fuel to keep going and to put my heart, mind, and soul into this project. So please, 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 if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, please tell me. And if there are ways I can improve or ideas you think could benefit myself or the listeners, please let me know. For one, my friend Lila suggested that I add a comment section to the episodes so I'm going to enable the comment section for each episode on MimeTime.com so y'all can leave your thoughts, interact with each other. I'll figure that out soon after I get back from vacation. Thanks, Lila. Shout out to Lila. She's great. Two, yes, I'm going to eventually put this on YouTube, but please be patient, fam. I've heard so many people tell me, why aren't you on YouTube? Why aren't you on YouTube? I'm like, God damn it. Do you know the point of a podcast is that it's an audio experience? You're supposed to download an MP3 and listen to it through an audio file player or a podcast player on your phone or computer. It's not about the video. But fair enough, there are countless hours of stuff I play on YouTube that I just listen to and don't even watch. So the point is well made. Obviously, I could, you know, get more exposure. Everyone uses YouTube, yada, yada. I get it, okay? I'm going to be honest. It's fucking annoying when people tell me that I should do YouTube uh, because I know that they're right. But at the same time, I'm if you're watching stuff on YouTube, generally the, you're competing with all the other shit that's out there on YouTube. And I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to engage listeners who want to listen to long form content. That's why I don't spend a lot of time like trying to promote this on social media. I will like share a post of my episode here and there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, maybe. But what's paramount, what's top priority is producing high quality content consistently to you all. And that's the audio quality the listening experience. It's a podcast. However, it doesn't help me to be stubborn about it. So uh, believe me, I am trying to get on YouTube. My two, 
by 2012, MacBook Air does okay enough with audio production and processing, but even simple video rendering with just the podcast art for the visual in a video is going to take me dozens of hours for me to render and upload all the way from episode one to today. I know this is partly just an excuse, but I don't want to spread my energy thin when it takes as much time and focus as I can just to produce the audio version of this. So if you're wondering why I don't have a YouTube channel yet with the podcast episodes on, uh, it's a good question. I would suggest maybe you start your own podcast and then see what happens when you spread yourself thin doing everything at once and then get back to me. Because if you're doing a better job than me, then I need to learn from you, obviously. (laughs) Anyways, I think that's enough for this week's admin update. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your time and attention, and I hope you get a lot out of this episode and any of the episodes that you listen to. And if you do, please consider supporting the show by just sharing it with a friend who you think would benefit from the message or the resources or the ideas that we talk about here on the show. And if you haven't already, please subscribe or follow on whichever listening platform that you're using to tune into Mime Time. Please enjoy today's episode. I hope you get a lot out of it. And if you do, please let me know. Let me know what you think. Let's get it. You know what time it is. It's mime time. Last night, I was hanging out at my favorite bar in the neighborhood, Coley. Shout out to Coley and Hannah. I love you two so much, and I'm so grateful for everything you've done for me. Great food, great cocktails, great vibes all around. If you are in Seoul, South Korea, then you have to come to this bar. That's Coley, C-O-L-E-Y. They're not paying me for this, nor do they actually need this marketing because they're the hottest spot on the block. Anyways... There, I came across my German friend, Michael. Amazing guy. Shout out to Michael. Thank you for your amazing feedback. He's a great gentleman who has given me awesome feedback and encouragement to keep doing what I'm doing, saying that I'll succeed 100% if I just keep at it. So I was enjoying our conversation. And while we were talking, there was a somewhat intoxicated gentleman walking around saying that it was Korea's Independence Day, seeing as it was Sunday night, last night, and the day tomorrow, everyone had us it off. It's a holiday, so he was walking around saying it's Korea's Independence Day. I corrected him, saying, I don't think it's Korea's Independence Day. It's National Liberation Day. He said, no, it's Independence Day. I said, I think there's a different holiday for Korea's independence from what I remember. So I pulled it up on my phone and Googled it. With a brief scan of the results, I basically read that it's celebrating liberation from Japanese occupation, so it makes sense to call it independence, as an independence from Japan. So I corrected myself and said to that guy, yeah, you're right, I guess it is Korea's Independence Day. Now, here's something I want to tell you, dear audience. I don't like to say shit unless I know what I'm talking about. If I don't know something or I'm not familiar with it, I try to be honest in the conversation that I don't know. I hate it when people talk about shit they don't actually know about because I probably have done that before myself and I'm judging and I'm judging other people for doing the same thing that I'm doing. It weakens the force and power of my word. It lessens the value of my word. Even before I started this podcast, I developed this principle over the years that if you don't know what you're talking about, shut the fuck up, learn from others, be genuinely curious and ask questions. And then you can form your own opinion from your research and experience. 
So unless I'm certain or pretty sure about a statement like, I don't think this is Korea's Independence Day, I don't say it. I'm not saying you have to be this way, but I will say that I respect people who know what they're talking about, and I respect people less when it's bullshit. Or when it's coming from a place where someone seems like they just want to give the impression that they know a lot, like something about everything. They know everything about everything. I think people who really understand a lot actually understand that they know very little in context to all the possible of, like, I don't know, vast swaths of information that they're just not privy to. They just don't have the time. They haven't had the time to familiarize themselves with everything. Anyways, sorry, I'm getting too abstract here. So. If I say something and it turns out I'm mistaken, I have to, out of principle, admit my mistake or error in judgment to the other party and apologize if I have to. Excuse me, I looked into that and it turns out I was wrong. Or, I'm sorry, I misread that information. If I make a mistake, I fucking own it. With humility comes understanding, comes respect. That makes people respect me more. That's how I look at it. You know, I hate it when people don't want to admit that they're wrong. But, but that's for like another episode. But I mean, what am I? Some asshole parent that never admits that I'm wrong when I, when I lie to my kid or I make a mistake and I never say sorry to my child. What kind of person am I going to raise? I don't know. People who don't admit when they're wrong, they're the fucking worst. Because I think they're cowards. They're afraid of the truth. They're, they're ashamed. And like, I know because I've been there. It's a shitty place to be. So the real, sustainable, honorable, way to have like successful fruitful like you know trustworthy relationships with people i think is to not shy away from admitting when you're wrong about something and learning to apologize and be humble i think that makes life much more easier actually otherwise if you don't admit when you do wrongs to other people you don't admit when you do wrongs to yourself like you're like lying to other people and then you're lying to yourself and what kind of life is that it's a shitty life in so far as like you can't even respect yourself deep down inside because you know deep down inside you're full of shit if you don't ever admit when you're wrong to people, especially people who are close to you or care about you. So you see how I talked with this stranger and corrected him and then tried to check just to make sure that I was right or wrong. And then I told him he was right. It is Korea's Independence Day. I did that for my sake. Like, maybe I don't care about correcting myself to some drunk stranger, but for my conscience, out of principle, if I corrected him, double-checked the facts, double-checked the facts, double-checked the, double-checked the facts, and I'm wrong, then I have to correct myself and admit it to the other person. This protects the purity, consistency, and trust of my word, which is so important, because the spoken word is power. Words are so powerful when they come from someone with integrity and reflection, which is what I'm trying to be. Look, I've had this mentality for years before I even had this podcast. I'm so hesitant to say anything to you guys unless I know it's true, which is why I speak from experience and always qualify myself and say, hey, this may not apply to you. Please take everything with a grain of salt. Don't just believe everything I say or what anybody else says just because they say it or because I say it. Think for yourself. I'm still making mistakes and learning and so on. In life, truth can be an ambiguous, difficult thing to discern when it comes to listening to what people say, the books you read, and how you should actually practically apply all the information you come across to your own individual path. So I'm just going off what has worked for me thus far. Anyways, I thought it was just called Liberation Day, National Liberation Day. So I told the guy it's not Korea's Independence Day. But then 
I looked it up, and it actually could be considered Korea's Independence Day because it's independence from Japan. All right, you guys get it. So, guess what? Today, I did more research on it for this episode, wondering how I could have gotten that off. Because I don't, when I say something, I, I, I generally 99% of the time, I know, kind of know what I'm talking about. And in this case, I kind of did. I looked through the Wikipedia article for Kwangbokshu, which I had read in the past before. We all know that Wikipedia never lies and is never wrong and is the ultimate arbiter of truth, right, fam? <laughs> I'll read to you the relevant parts. <clears throat> The National Liberation Day of Korea is a holiday celebrated annually on the 15th of August in both South and North Korea. It commemorates victory over Japan Day when, at the end of World War II, the U.S. and Allied forces helped end 35 years of Japanese occupation and colonial rule of Korea that lasted from 1910 to 1945. In South Korea, it is known as Kwangbokjol. Kwangbokjol, <laughs> my Korean pronunciation, Kwangbokjol. Literally, the day the light returned, and is one of the public holidays in South Korea. In North Korea, it is known as Choguk Hebangenal, literally, Liberation of the Fatherland Day, and is also one of the public holidays in North Korea. The name Kwangbokjo symbolizes how the day represents an end of the darkness of Japan's rule over Korea. Its name is made from the Korean characters of Kwang, meaning light. Pok meaning restoration, and chal meaning holiday. Okay, fam, now here's the important part. The word restoration is used rather than the word for independence, tongnip, in order to highlight how Korea has a long and proud history and how the Korean nation was restored in 1948 rather than founded because it has been a nation for thousands of years. So that's why we don't call it tongnip il. We don't call it Independence Day in Korean. If you actually Google Tongnipil in Google, then the first thing that pops up on top of Google is actually American Independence Day, July 4. So the word independence might imply the founding of a nation, but the Korean people have been around for a lot longer. Now, there is another Korean holiday, Kecheonjeol, aka National Foundation Day. Let me read you the Wikipedia on that. Kecheonjeol. Is a public holiday in South and North Korea on the 3rd of October. Also known by the English name National Foundation Day, this holiday celebrates the legendary formation of the first Korean state of Kojoseon in 2333 BC. That's right, that's 2333 BC, motherfucker. Kojoseon, Kojoseon, <laughs> my Korean pronunciation, a bit off. Kojoseon, Kojoseon. Kojoseon is the first Korean kingdom with written historical record founded by Tangun. Tangun, the legendary founder of the Korean nation. Ko means ancient. So Kojoseon is ancient Joseon. If you know about the Joseon dynasty, this is like way old school OG Joseon. This date has traditionally been regarded as the date for the founding of the Korean people. Gecheonjeol is also recognized in North Korea, although not as a public holiday, with an annual ceremony at the mausoleum of Tangun, the founder of Gochoseon. Gecheon, opening of heaven, refers to October 3rd, 2457 BCE, the date when Hwan Nung descended from heaven to live with mankind. This is part of Korea's like, creation myth story and all that. 
And so, see, I always get confused between these two holidays, Gwangbokjeol and Gyecheonjeol, National Liberation Day and National Foundation Day. Gyecheonjeol celebrates the founding of the Korean civilization from thousands of years ago. Gwangbokjeol celebrates the much more recent independence from Japanese occupation. I might do another episode for Gyecheonjeol on October 3rd. We'll see. If you search what is Korea's Independence Day, a bunch of results, results will show up saying that it's August 15, Gwangbokjeol is Korea's Independence Day and whatnot, considering it's independence from Japan. Sure, I've said this like three times by now. So I was kind of right. This is one of those curious cultural linguistic differences that I enjoy appreciating. I like that nuance. Korea's been around for a cheeky bit, way before the Japanese occupied it and were kicked out. So... This is not necessarily a history or culture podcast, but there's all this rich history and culture that I actually want to get more into on Mime Time, whether it be Korean history or Asian history or human history at large, not just talk about self-actualization and the identity crisis, but I find history to be super important and relevant in the end to those topics as well. Uh, You know, history is like, why learn? It can never be fully accurate or whatever because we weren't alive back then to experience all the things that happened, right? I mean, maybe this is a meaningless statement for some of you, but I appreciate more than ever that we've inherited this legacy and that we have these stories. It gives very important context to where we came from as individuals. I could just not think about Korean stuff and Korean holidays and all the meaning I interpret from these things, but why would I turn my back on Korea? When the past generation, my grandparents' generation, my great-grandparents' generation, struggled and suffered under Japanese occupation, when they wanted a better life for our generation and for all future generations. You can see this picture in the Wikipedia article for Gwangbokjeol, Prison Release of Korean Activists, Mapo, Hyungmuso, 1945년 8월 16일 오전 9시. Mapo Prison, August 16, 1945, 9am. There's a huge crowd of people cheering, looking at the camera. There's like a train in background, maybe like a, a flag, some kind of declaration. I don't know. But a bunch of people with their hands raised, like cheering. That was 76 years ago. I don't know exactly where this prison in Mapo was, but you know what Mapo District looks like now? That's where Hongdae and Shincheon, Shincheon are. Bunch of restaurants, places to shop, live music venues, you know, pre-COVID, amazing clubs and bars and places to hang out, parks and Riverside View. Shout out to all my party freaks who, you know, would go to the children's park, the Noritokong one, and just hang out till the wee hours in the morning drinking soju and making friends with complete strangers. I, I had my time years ago when I first came to Korea. I love Hongdae. I love Mapo, that whole district, that whole area. It's one of those places everyone wants to live. The whole world. When they visit Korea, when they visit Seoul, they'll go to this district. Now, just look at these people 76 years ago in this picture. These imprisoned activists with their hands raised, yelling, Manse! Cheering for their fucking freedom. Freedom from prison and freedom from another ruling power for their whole nation. What was their heart? What was their struggle? What was their dream for their individual selves? or their families, their communities, and their nation at large. Freedom, independence, the right and power to control one's own fate, happiness. Imagine them all yelling, 
Freedom! Braveheart style, but with a Korean accent. Freedom! <laughs> Here's the thing. Just because I grew up in America and I went through my identity crisis of not knowing if I was Korean or American, so I just decided to try to just be American. And I'm a proud Western individualist who identifies myself as American. And I don't want to be put in a box with Korean people and other Asian people. I'm going to turn my back on this history. I'm going to ignore this. There was a part of myself in my childhood when I tried to distance myself from Korean culture, from being Korean. I know some of you listening to this might have some resentment toward Korean culture or Asian culture, whatever repressive or seemingly backwards aspects uh, that you want to disassociate from. I understand completely because I grew up thinking and feeling that way. I still feel that way at times. Just maybe with the way my parents treated me and my brothers and you know the interactions I had with Korean American church and other Korean people, something like that. I felt it was just more of a burden than anything. Like I would, why do I have all this extra cultural baggage when I could just be some normal white or black kid in the neighborhood? They don't have the problems that I have, not being able to connect with my own root, not even speaking my own mother tongue. That is Korean. So I mean, I don't have everything figured. Like I'm still reflecting and working these things out. Full disclaimer there, right? So, anyways, this history, this picture of these Korean activists who were freed from jail, these activists who strove for Korea's independence, these people who believe that Korea should not have to be ruled by another power and that they desire independence for themselves to make their own decisions to how they run their society and whatever. Are they just long dead strangers I don't really need to care about? Am I going to be apathetic toward their hardships, towards their struggles, to what they did, not just for themselves, but for all of Korea? No, they're my heroes. They're true freedom fighters. They're my family. They died for us, for all Koreans. I don't need to hear about Jesus, who is supposedly God in human flesh, dying on the cross for my sins anymore to make me feel guilty and then repent and be a better person and have a relationship with God. Jesus isn't real or as important to me in that way anymore. What's real to me is that these people suffered and some died for us. We have photographic evidence of them and stories that are perhaps easier to verify considering it wasn't long ago. These people matter to me more than Jesus because I can actually appreciate the direct recent historical connection to my own life and destiny. It wasn't even 100 years ago. I have, we have a picture of something that happened 76 years ago, these people being released from prison with the end of Japanese occupation. We don't have pictures of Jesus. We have pictures of these Korean activists, uh, some of whom probably worship Jesus, so okay. If you're listening to this and you're a Korean-American, Korean diaspora, half-Korean, or Korean adoptee, they died for you too. Even though they never saw your face, even though they never kissed you on the cheek, you have a right to this heritage, to appreciate this, to hold this history and these stories close to your heart and the spirits of all the ancestors watching over you and your future, our future. I look at this picture and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you and I admire you. I want to jump into this black and white photo, this on Wikipedia, it's 482 times 340 resolution. I want to jump into the past and I want to 
I want to hug all these people and say thank you. I love you. I'm so proud and grateful to be Korean, and I always will be until I die. I want to jump into this black and white photo, go back in the past and hug all these people. And then those people will be like, who is this guy? Why is he speaking English? Get away from me. (laughs) You know what? I don't even feel it as an obligation. It's my free will and choice as an individual to appreciate and honor the sacrifices of the collective. This is something I will get into future episodes of like, you know, honoring our collective cultures and societies while still retaining our maybe Western or individualist perspectives and attitudes. Because no one's making you do it, right? I mean, maybe your parents are and you're still living with them, but no one's making me do this. No one's making me say like, hey, I'm proud to be Korean and I'm proud and grateful for the sacrifices of our ancestors. I'm doing it because it enriches me. It's okay if you're not Korean, by the way. No matter what ethnicity you come from, especially if it's Asian, you probably can find some inspirational figures or influences within your ancestors. Even if you don't know where you come from, it's better to just imagine they were magnanimous people striving for the freedom of your generation, even if they weren't, insofar as that inspires you to become a more magnanimous, gracious, kind, compassionate, strong, successful, bold, competent, excellent human being. I would encourage anybody to tap into their own culture and history and heritage, especially if you're adoptee or just a hapa, insofar as it makes sense for you and you have the time and whatnot, if you're not at peace with yourself, the way that I wasn't at peace with myself. Because for me, this is what true spiritual and cultural healing means in my journey as a Korean American, as Korean diaspora. Growing up, getting over my victimhood complex and my identity crisis, or at least addressing it, coming to peace with whatever resentments I had against my parents or Korean culture, knowing that heroes died for us, that we have a great privilege and honor, honor, and responsibility to make the most of our time. I'm sorry for anything I ever said bad about Korean people. I see it as foolish to have wanted to distance myself from such a rich and proud heritage and people. I don't want to stay resentful or judgmental of Korean people as I have over the years, because that's easy. No, I want to be better, more magnanimous, more gracious for myself, for others, for you, for all peoples. Hey fam, after all these years of not knowing who I am, hating Korea, hating my Korean self, wishing I wasn't Korean, I came to Korea, I learned the language, and I learned this history, and found something more beautiful than I could ever have imagined. And I have the great joy and privilege to share this with you on a fucking podcast. Understanding, acceptance, peace, gratitude, humility, inspiration, love for myself, my family, and for my people. Because you can't run away from yourself. You can't run away from who you are or where you come from. Because wherever you go, There you are. Happy Liberation Day, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have another great week of life. I love you. And I'll talk to you next time. Mime time. Oh, oh, baby.